Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash unlock. Tour differently. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. Back with Vershawn Jackson, sponsored by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. There you go, Nick. Tell him what you're working with, baby. Oh, he knows what he's working with. All this thick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so hey, be, be, look who's with us. Hey. Look who's with us. Oh, look who oh. finally decided to get oh, some food. Sir. Look down. who finally. Hey, hey, Rico, don't forget my root beer. Sir, sir, calm down. Don't this forget. Is a radio, this is a radio station. It is public. Sometimes children are listening. <laughs> don't forget my root beer. Don't forget the root beer. Okay, so before we dive into a, a topic, I want to ask you guys a question. We just got a call from Scott, and, and I think this is actually really important when it, when it comes to figuring out when to put your children into competitive sports and things like that. So Ooh, es- especially when, when you're talking about select sports, so like baseball, tackle football, like when you're doing that kind of stuff. Um, so Scott asked this. He has a son who's 10 years old. He's in fifth grade. And they are hesitant about putting him into tackle football because of CTE, doesn't know if it's er- too early, if it's already too late. What, when is a good time, in your guys' eyes, for kids to start playing tackle football? Or, or what, what are a couple things parents should consider? Well, first off, we've got to give just a quick little talk about tonight on Riffin with Raff and AD. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to have John Squire, there you go. who is the father of Abby Squire, and we're going to have Nate Larson, who's the athletic director at Logan View here in Nebraska. And we're actually going to be talking about that subject, basically um, kids high school, before high school and stuff yeah. like that. Me personally, if with football, contact football and stuff like that, I think you'd want to check out like the, the coaching staffs and just basically – what kind of program you're putting them in. Like, you've seen some of those those videos on YouTube where you have these coaches that have no clue and they're yeah. just out there. They just want these highlight hits and you put this little kid out there and you see this big kid just just hit, this, hit, hit these poor kids, which has nothing really to do with football other than, hey, you can hit a small kid really hard. So you want to basically you just you want a background check. You just want to look at the look at your coaching staff. Are are they are they credible? Do you know? Do they know what they're doing? Ask around, because 
I played, you know, I played football when I when I was I played midget football and stuff like that. I mean, there there was great times. I enjoyed it. And and in today's world, you know, everything. If you look back, like back when me and AD were kids, mm-hmm. you know, everything is you know so like padding and you know to be safe and like that. So I think if if the kid wants to play and and they look at the coaching staff and they and they feel that they have a good enough background in the sport and they understand what they're doing and they're coaching the right techniques and stuff like that, I say all for it. Let 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 the kid play. I had my old defense coordinator for my team, Chad Kendall, just throwing it out there. If he was coaching a, a midget team or a, a youth team and I knew he was coaching, I'd have no I'd have no problem sending my my kid out to play for him just because I know that he knows the rules of the game. He knows the right proper ways to tackle. So it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, of knowledge and just knowing, you know, who you're dealing with. Nick, what I would say, the gentleman's name is Steve. Scott. Scotty. Scotty, what's up, man? Thanks for the question. Scotty, I didn't start playing organized football until I was in ninth grade. That was the first time I took a hit. I mean, like with pads on. I was in ninth grade. Obviously, we play in the backyard, tackle the man and all the rest of that stuff. Uh, but my reason why I could not play, my father was a pastor, and so on Sundays, that was the Lord's Day. Somebody say amen, praise God. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brother Ficklis, <laughs> yes, sir. So, Nick, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to play on Sundays, man. So, me and my three other brothers, it was Sunday was a no-go. But, however, I will say this, though. I caught on, and, um, when I, and, my, and my boys started playing midget football uh, when they were in third grade, I believe. But I always wanted to make sure it was them wanted to play. It was because tackle football Bingo. in particular is not a sport you want to just put a kid out there that he's not ready to play yet. It ain't like any other sport because I'm not saying any other, but, you know, take wrestling or, or hockey or something like that other way. Football is a contact sport. Yeah. You know, so I was very careful um, uh, with my boys to say, is this something you want to And so I had to make sure because there were some kids, and I, and I helped coach as well. I helped coach for a number of years. And there were times, Nick, and to this to the, the listener as well, the call-in, there were a few times I've, I've, I've talked with a few parents, like, you know what, I think you might want to reevaluate if your kid wants to be out here. Yeah. Because unlike playing, you know, other sports, if that kid doesn't be out there, he increases his chance to get hurt even more. Yep. And to Rav's point, man, do some talking with people around town. In particular, if they live in a neighborhood, there's usually a team – uh, there is a team usually that that basically those kids will play for that particular team. You know, we're, I'm not going to mention any names. You know, obviously because sponsorship and things like that. But um, they tend, most of those kids tend to play in the team that that, that that's in that neighborhood. Yeah. I would talk with the coaches. I, actually, before the coaches, I would talk to other parents whose kids either play for them now or have played for them in the past. I found out who those coaches are going to be. The key thing, though, make sure your child actually wants to play. Exactly. And quite honestly. Man. Even if they wanted to play in sixth grade, that's not too late to start. It's not too. Late. I didn't start playing until ninth grade. Jared just shared with you right there. Mm-hmm. Jared Tomich played pro ball for seven years, a Hall of Famer at Nebraska, All American. He didn't start playing tackle football until he was a freshman. Now, sometimes because of all the different recruiting services and all the online things we see today, the pressure is, oh, we got to start them early. That's bull. I think that's bull. Do you have a? Do you sometimes gain more knowledge if you start earlier? Yes. But physically, football is a lot different, man. It's a lot different. So I'm not saying not to. All I'm simply saying to do it, Raph, 
do your homework. Mm-hmm. The key thing is, first thing is, make sure your son actually wants to play. That's hey, Oh, my gosh. That, that's, that's music to my ears because – so here's the thing. Like, obviously, I know the baseball world a lot more than I know any other sport world just because I grew up in it and, and I still mm-hmm. – work around i'm involved with it with dbat so right. w- with that I, like i can't tell you guys i have endless stories of kids that are, are forced to go and, and work out and, and kids and, and we're talking like eight and nine years old and they're yeah. forced to be a pitcher and throw curveballs or if they're a, if they throw lefty you're forced to be a pitcher because guess what the prospective of, of players that were are tall left-handed pitchers they're great for the for the major leagues. Like, wow. the, it's eight years old, and and you you talk about like the kid wanting to play. And if you force somebody at eight years old to play a sport that they just don't want to play, that that mm-hmm. deters them from playing anything in the future. Yep. Because they're going to have a bad experience from the start. And, and so, like yep. for for me personally, guys. So, uh, for me, when I was growing up, I only played in junior saw dogs until I was like ten. All my friends were playing in, in in select baseball, but my parents didn't need like I didn't need to play in, in select because I, I was somewhat competitive. I lo- I liked baseball, didn't know if I loved it, anything like that. At ten years old, I realized that I loved it, and then my parents were like, sat me down, were like, "All right, we're going to spend a lot of money on this. Do you actually love it? Do you actually want to be here? Right, right. Because that's another thing that you're, you're like parents are investing thousands and thousands of dollars in." whether you're 10 years old or whether you're a high school student thousands of dollars because now all these prospect and showcase teams you talk about the world that we're in right now and yes. and I'll tell you guys and I'm sure it's similar to football and I'm sure it's similar to basketball with the AAU circuit and things like that but there are there are money grabs out there endless counts of money grabs yep. and so that's one of the biggest things is where you like I'll tell you guys this right now without saying any names there are leagues out there that cut kids $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That, and, and send everybody a, the same email that says, hey, listen, you didn't make the team, but you can spend $2,000 to be on a practice squad. And maybe you get the call up. Yes. And, yes. and it's, it's that idea that, hey, I play for this top-notch organization, and here we go. I, I, I'm going to have a chance. I'm going to get a D1 look. When in reality, it's all a money grab. 
and that's where with crap. with youth sports, it's it's just gotten so twisted up, and and it's killer. It is killer because it's, it's so frustrating to watch. You know what? You bring up some great points, Nick, because it's become a business now. Yeah. It's become a business, you know, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just simply saying the ones who are doing it the right way, there's nothing wrong with doing it the right exactly. way and having select teams and charging for a skill. Exactly. To be, you know, to be taught. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it comes becomes all about the money and just setting up the biggest academy, yep. the biggest this. I'm going to tell you one guy, because I, I'm going to say one of our former teammates, I know him well. Steve Warren, what he's done at the Warren Academy Absolutely. there in Omaha is amazing. Yeah. They're putting some great stuff out there. You know, somebody says on the, on the, the text line here, uh, make sure coach uh, coaching staff is capable and not hard, you know, hard dads that don't teach fundamentals. Absolutely. Another question on here. Do you think, guys, do you think football would be safer if less equipment was inserted into the game? Mm. Well, so, so to answer that, do you think the te- okay, do you think the technology of the helmets and pads, pads has reduced the level of fundamental tackling skills, increased more violent uh, and dangerous hits due to the false sense of safety with equipment? I, I, would, I, I would totally agree with that. I think that's a great question right there that you sent in. I think that was Byron that sent that in. That was a that was a great thing right there because I think it has. It gives you a false insecurity because fundamentals are still fundamentals. And you can it doesn't matter what you're wearing, you put your head down when you're tackling, you still got a pretty good chance to end up in a wheelchair. Yeah. And I don't care what, what type of helmet, how it's tried to increase decrease uh, the chances for you know for brain injury, CT, etc. If you drop your head, you are still increasing the chances for a kid to have serious injury, if not paralysis. You know, and it's just the fundamentals. And, again, it goes to what Raph said. It's the coaching, which you have to bring in there to teach those guys and girls the wrong way. Yep. And even before we go to our next break, me and Raph are going to dive into something else. I think we save that for this evening, man. Yep. For the for our next – because I, I like where we're at right here, Nick. Yeah. I, I have seen – first of all, I, Raph, I forget the guy's name. I don't remember. The quarterback for USC. Todd Marinovich. If you get a chance, listeners – Look up Google Todd Marinovich. Todd Marinovich. He was the golden boy coming out of high school. Was it 19, what, 91, 92, something like that? Yeah, right around there. Yeah, Todd Marinovich. You Google that name, and you look where he's at. Look, you look at the relationship he has with his parents right now, if it exists anymore. And it's a tragic story. It's a tragic story. Why do I bring up Todd Marinovich? And, folks, I want you to read that up. I want you to look it up. Because his, his father, I mean, this dude literally couldn't, I don't, from what I understood, literally couldn't have pop when he was growing up. There was no candy. Mm-hmm. He was throwing footballs all, all day long. He was traveling the country. Has no relationship with his parents whatsoever. Because his parents, it was more about his parents than it was about him. They were living vicariously through this kid. And I know it deep at. Unfortunately, you may see instances that a different, maybe it's not your place. But yeah. you see, like, dude, kid, you really love this? I see it all over the place, man. And I hear dads that come up to me from the audience. Hey, do you think this is what I'm doing for my kid right now? I'm like, dude, is a kid eight or is he 18? I'm like, dude, let the kid be a kid. I, I, will, I will tell you this. As somebody from the outside that's not involved with, like, the families and everything, it, there's nothing more heartbreaking than talking to a kid one-on-one when their parents aren't around and saying, yeah. what do you enjoy more, school or baseball? And when their answer is school and wow. that they don't want to be there, Wow. There's nothing more heartbreaking. No doubt. And, and so then, then, it's, then it's the conversation of when you're still one-on-one with them, given a lesson. It's like, number one, you're like, you don't want to do that. You, like, you, you're, you're contributing to that. You feel, exactly. If you're, you're given a lesson. So, and, and, and folks know I give, the, give baseball lessons, so I, I've seen this firsthand. Is you have the one-on-one time, which is extremely valuable as, as an instructor of any sport. Like, it's so valuable, and that's why it's one of my favorite things to do. 
but you sit there and you have a conversation and it's you he want the, the kid wants to talk more about school than about baseball and he's eight years old and it's like why why are we here it's not like it's not doesn't have to be this important and then then the parent comes over and goes, well, how's he hitting with middle T? How's he hitting outside? How's he is he is he coming is he staying inside the baseball? And I'm I, like you just there's nothing more heartbreaking heartbreaking than when you have that conversation and it's well would you rather be at home doing math homework and math problems or would you rather be hitting off a, off a T? And in a blink of an eye when they say hitting off a t- or excuse me math problems, <laughs> and then you say you follow up with well have you told them and they say yes and they still are here. That's when you know it's a bigger problem. Yeah. Like it, it, it crushes you. It, it's so difficult. Nick, I don't True know. It, it is. I, I commend you because that's a tough position for you to be in. Because, like you said, you feel that you're contributing to the problem when you know that this young guy, this young exactly. girl, want to be there. Yeah. You know, and I, I got. I, I'm telling you, man. I got friends of mine who I grew up with um, that you know parents pushed them way too hard. There's a there's a healthy expectations. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? If you if you commit, it's like when we had Cluster Johnson on our show yeah. uh, a couple months back. If you love this thing, I'll push you. Yep. You know, yep. not to the point to where you start to unlove the thing. Yeah. You know, but I'm going to push you in a healthy, mature way that's at age appropriate. Number one, yeah. I'm going to push you. But if you start, you're going to finish that year, that quarter, that whatever it may be. Yeah. Now, if you decide you don't want to do it anymore, so be it. Nick, both of my boys, yep. Aiden Keenan. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Both of my boys, <laughs> man. Um. Start playing midget football. Okay, mm-hmm. start playing basketball. You know, thank God, AD's in law school. AD was AD was not really an athlete. <laughs> he just had fun. Yeah. In fact, he was tackling people in basketball. I'm like, son, you can't do that. All right. When yeah. I would tell AD to foul a guy, he would like take him out. You know, I'm like, you can't do that. Keenan has grown now to where Keenan looks like he he would have been a heck of a corner or safety, mm-hmm. but he didn't like it anymore. So his sophomore year, he goes, "Hey, pops." Actually, his freshman goes, Dad, I'm done with football. Some of the people are like, you're going to let him quit? What do you mean am I going to let him quit? Yeah, I'm going to let him. He's not going to go out. Yeah. He could, he could be doing this, he could be doing that. And you know what that would have done? That would have severed our relationship. Off the field. It would have been terrible. Yeah. And my exactly. boys tell me all the time, Pops, I'm glad you never forced us to do this stuff. Well, and I'll tell you guys this. There, there's nothing worse. There, there's no worse conversation or more awkward conversation to have than to have an adult-to-adult conversation with some random dad and tell wow. them, hey, your kid does not like this. And Because they, they think they, – because what happens is the parents think, oh, the kid doesn't know any better. Oh, man. <laughs> Just because yeah, they're eight years old. And, and like, that's, that's the brutal reality of it, guys, yeah. and, it's, and it's heartbreaking. Because then, then that puts me of after the lesson, like, hey, man, like, we just got to stop. Like, I, we, we can't do lessons. We, we, we just can't because it's not that important. And, and maybe, maybe in two years, it is. But if you keep pushing them right now, then two years, four years, six years down the road, it's going to be non-existent. You know, Nate, Turner got, Nate Turner's got a question here. It's what people don't understand is that the concussions happen inside of your head. Not much on a helmet can do anything for real. Got to love the game of football and play and enjoy it. Absolutely. Absolutely good point. Yeah. What was another one we had on there? Appreciate it, Nate the Skate. Somebody had a baseball question on there, too. Oh, is, Nick, I want you to answer that. Is, Who's is, better, Albert Pujols or Mike Trout? So they, they have oh, – I, I, I get a lot of people mad about this. I think Mike, Mike Trout is better. But it's also because probably a big part is my age. So yeah. I, I think Mike Trout's one of the best players to ever play the game. Well, it depends what you're looking at. Are you looking at – career statistics are you looking at yeah. talent you know because 
Pujols, he's he's a great hitter in his prime. He was a great oh, hitter, one of the best. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But then, but then, if you look at Trout, you're looking at a five tool player that not only could he can he hit the ball, he can run, he can play defense, and he's got a cannon for an well, arm. Well, so. and it stinks because Mike Trout is on a team with the with the Angels that just can never get it going. They they drafted 19 pitchers with all 19 of their picks a couple years ago, and because they just can't get any pitching to work out, they. Uh, Whatever traded for, who was it? I, I think Noah Syndergaard's with the with the Angels now. Shohei Otani's pitching for him. Like <laughs> they just can't get it figured out, unfortunately. But we do have to get to break, though, gentlemen. All right. One final time. 